2: The Johnson Wax Program with Bibber McGee and Molly. The makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's Self Polishing Glow Coat present Bibber McGee and Molly, written by Don Quinn, with music by the King's Men and Billy Mills Orchestra. The show opens with So Sweet. Mrs. Murphy, here's your groceries. Oh,
3: please don't walk across my kitchen floor. Can't you see I just scrubbed it and it's so hard to keep clean. Oh, I'm
2: sorry, Mrs. Murphy. Why don't you let me bring you a can of Johnson's self-polishing glow coat next time I come? That's what all your neighbors use on their kitchen floors. That's what more and more women use on their linoleum floors every year. Because glow coat saves in three ways. Saves hours of work. Saves your hands and your back from tiresome scrubbing. Saves linoleum by making it last much longer. Glow Coat is self-polishing. It shines as it dries without any rubbing or buffing. Just apply and let dry. And in 20 minutes, your floors are protected with a beautiful, long-lasting polish. And Glow Coat makes your kitchen a more cheerful room by keeping linoleum colors bright and fresh-looking. All in all, that's a lot of good things for one product to accomplish. Order Johnson's Self-Polishing Glow Coat tomorrow. At this moment, two people at 79 Wistful Vista are looking forward to a period of breathless adventure, thrilling romance, baffling mystery, and beautiful, glamorous surroundings. Yes, in a few moments, all this will be theirs, because this is the day when the mailman brings the new detective story and fashion magazines to Fibber McGee and Molly.
4: I wish that mailman would hurry up. I left Handcuff Harper, the ace detective, in an awful jam last month.
1: Who's Handcuff Harper?
4: Handcuff Harper? Why, shucks. He's the roughest, toughest, two-fisted slugger that ever... Oh,
1: McGee, I wish you wouldn't run around with people like that. (laughs) Heavenly days, when we have such lovely friends and neighbors, you have to go get chummy with a rough,
4: tough... That's rather I don't run around with him. I just sat here in my big chair. And
1: don't bring him into this house, either.
4: Look, Molly, Handcuff Harper is a character... And a
1: disreputable one, I've no doubt. But well, he ain't even alive. Oh. Oh, I'm sorry, dearie. I, I didn't know. Is there anything we can do?
4: No, I guess not. You see... I mean, ah, here's the mailman. Come in. Morning, folks.
1: Good morning, Mr. Bagworthy. <laughs> Did you bring our magazine? Nope,
4: just a letter from Mr. McGee from the government. Oh, government, eh? I guess they're thanking me for being so prompt about my income tax. (laughs) Ah, there's nobody like our old Uncle Sam, is there? You'll soon know, nephew.
1: (laughs) Say, what do you mean by that?
4: Search me, but... He better learn to keep a civil service tongue in his cheek.
1: Dear, and I was counting on getting this month's fashion.
4: Yeah, my detective magazine. Two weeks past. Well, I'll be. There. Hey, Molly, look, I'm drafted.
1: They <laughs> don't be silly. You're over
4: Yeah. So was Frank Knox, but they made him Secretary of the Navy, didn't they? <laughs>
1: I suppose you're going to be Secretary of the Army.
4: No, I'd be satisfied to be Secretary of Frank Knox.
1: (laughs) Now, stop fooling me. You haven't even registered for the draft.
4: Oh, yes, I have. When? Oh, weeks ago. I just got to thinking one day. I just thought to myself, I thought, Uncle Sam needs men. I'm a man, so Uncle Sam needs me. So I went downtown and offered my services.
1: What happened when they stopped laughing?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Don't kid yourself. Nobody laughed. Fact of the matter is, they didn't want to examine me, but I insisted. I says, it was my right as an American citizen, I says. And they says, okay, they says, cough. So I coughed, and then I went.
1: <laughs> <laughs> McGee, I, I think you're fooling me. Let me see that letter.
4: Okay, here. It's from the president himself.
1: Well, for goodness sakes. Order to report for induction. You betcha. The President of the United States to Fibber McGee. (laughs) Greetings.
4: You get that greeting? I'll bet they ain't that polite to the ordinary guys. (laughs) Go on, read the rest of it.
1: Having submitted yourself to a local board composed of your neighbors... See, what did I tell you? For the purpose of determining your availability for training, that you have been selected for training and service uh, in the United States Army. Uh, uh, McGee, tell me, this, uh, this is all a joke. Why,
4: why, Molly, you, you mean you don't want me to go?
1: Well, if they want you, need you, of course I want you to go, but this seems so ridiculous, a man of your age. What do you mean a man
4: of my age? Why, I'm in marvelous physical shape. I'm in the prime of things. Anyway, it's my brains and experience they want, not my gorgeous figure.
1: Yeah, but your eyesight is bad, dear. It's good enough. How'd you pass the test for vision?
4: Shucks, I've had that optical chart memorized since the last war.
1: Yeah, but you have flat feet, too. So what?
4: An army travels on its stomach. And you'll admit I got a stomach.
1: Without a struggle. You're even twenty pounds overweight. Say, McGee, are you serious about this? You, do you mean it?
4: Molly, I was never more serious in my life. Crossed my heart and hope to diet off about twenty pounds.
1: Well, I I hardly know what to say. It's so sudden. Let me sit down and think this over.
4: Here, here's a chair.
1: Thanks. Hand me one of those sofa cushions, will
4: you? Sure. Which one you want? Uh, Daisies won't tell or Souvenir of Niagara. <laughs>
1: One of oh. So you've been drafted, you say? You betcha. I'm just struck all of a heap, dearie. <laughs> Imagine me, a war bride. Again!
4: <laughs> Are you sure this isn't a practical joke? Sure, I'm sure. I took the examination, didn't I? And this letter is official, ain't it? Who'd play a joke like that on me? Mr. Gildersleeve would, for one. Well, he didn't, and I can prove it. I'll call him up. Hello, operator. Give, give me a wistful to 890... Is that you, Mert?
5: How's
4: <laughs> every little thing, Mert? Tis, eh? What's that, Mert? Brother was what? Shot at sunrise.
1: Heavenly day shot.
4: Oh, she says he always comes home like that.
5: <laughs>
4: What's that, Mert? Okay, never mind. I'll call later. Well, I know it wasn't Gildersleeve anyway, Molly. Oh, he wouldn't the have
5: done same,
1: it. Same, I can't imagine you in the Army again, dearie. Paul, <laughs>
4: oh, who goes there? Er, advance and be rest. Come in.
3: Oh, how do you do, Mrs. McGee? And Mr. McGee? I just stopped by to see if you were free to come over for a little contract bridge
1: tomorrow night. No, Abigail, we can't make it. Oh, I'm terribly sorry. A previous
4: engagement? No. I've been drafted, Uppy. Got to leave for camp tomorrow morning. Drafted? You mean that you've been... Oh,
3: Mr. McGee. You say the most delightful things, really. You dropped it. Oh, isn't that simply excruciating, Mr. McGee? know.
4: Dad, granted, Uppy, what's so funny about
5: that?
3: Oh, now please, Mr. McGee, I can't stand it. You'll have me running home and knitting you a sweater. Oh, my, don't mind me. You go join the army and I'll join the girl Brownies. <laughs>
1: Oh, you look here, Abigail. This is no joke.
4: You bet it's no joke. And if you ain't got any more respect for a member of Uncle Sam's fighting forces. Fighting forces?
3: Yeah. <laughs> oh, Mr. McGee. <laughs> the mental picture of you as a fighting force. <laughs> oh, my, I'll simply collapse. You with your your flat feet <laughs> and your bad eyes. <laughs> oh, why? And your little round tummy. <laughs>
1: didn't believe you. I'm not completely convinced myself.
4: It is true. So
1: I feel like I would if me Aunt Sarah came busting in and told me she was going to play third base for Cincinnati this year.
5: <laughs>
4: okay, 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 D-Ride. You'll be sorry when I'm gone away, up in camp, dancing every Saturday night with a beautiful army hostess.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we'll both be sorry if I find out about it. <laughs>
4: Look, dearie. Yeah? Look
1: mother right in the eye. Okay. (laughs) Now tell me, is all this on the level? Have you really been called for the Army?
4: Absolutely. And I got to be at the station tomorrow morning at 5 o'clock. Oh. And I got a million things to do in the meantime. Oh. Write these things down, will you? Go ahead, dearie. Go to the bank.
1: Go to the bank.
4: A return library book. Library. Insurance. Insurance. Wire sponsor. Johnson's Wax. Say goodbye to all my friends.
1: Goodbye to Gildersleeve, Wilcox, and Mills.
4: Is that all, my friends?
1: Name one more. <laughs> oh,
4: never mind. Now, let me see. Go to the bank. Cancel my laundry. Transfer my <laughs>
1: this is all a dream. The idea of being drafted at your age.
4: Oh, gone at Molly. My age ain't got anything to do with it, I tell you. I'm officer material. I can use a man who has reached the age of maternity. You mean maturity, do I mean grown up. Besides, think of the military experience I got to offer.
1: What military experience? You told me a dozen times you spent the last war doing kitchen fleece for three years.
4: Well, Chucks, I couldn't help (laughs) it. And I
1: remember that snapshot of you with General Pershing. Pinning a potato peeling on your left
5: breast.
4: A decoration is a decoration. (laughs) Come on, here's the bank. Good day, Mr. McGee, Mrs. McGee.
1: How do you do, I'm sure. Look,
4: Bud, this is important. I've just been called for the draft. We don't handle drafts at this window. See, Mr. McAllister.
1: No, no, he means he's been called for the Army.
5: Really?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, really, and look, I want all my funds put in Mrs. McGee's name.
5: (laughs) The whole
2: $39? (laughs) $39.78,
1: $39.78,
2: careless. Well, folks, I don't know what the joke is, but uh, sign right here. There
4: ain't any joke to it. I've been drafted.
2: <laughs> All right. I heard they were mechanizing the Army, but I didn't know they were doing it with wheelchairs. Come
5: on, Molly, let's go to the lighter. All right. <laughs>
4: What can I do for you?
1: Oh, hello, Mr. Oldtimer. Are you the librarian
5: here?
4: Yep. I want to return this book. What book is it, Johnny? Uh, The Rover Boys at Earl Carroll's.
5: <laughs> <laughs> what you
4: bringing it back for? Can't do next week. I know that, but I wanted to get everything cleaned up, Oldtimer. I've been drafted.
2: Well, I suppose
4: everybody... Hey?
1: You've been what, Johnny? He got his notice from the draft board, Mr. Oldtimer.
5: You did, eh? (laughs) I'll bite, Johnny What's the joke? There ain't any
4: joke to it That ratted, why don't anybody believe me? Am I falling apart or something? Am I so old and decrepit as all that? You may not be old and
1: decrepit, dearie But the only short pants you'll have from now on Will be from drilling in the hot sun
5: (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty good, daughter but that ain't the way I heard it. The way I heard it, shh, be a little more quiet, kids. This is a public library. That
4: wasn't us. That was you.
5: Hey. Oh. oh. Well, the way I heard it, one feller says to t'other feller, he Say, says, this Bob Hope makes a mighty funny picture, don't he?
4: Yep. Says t'other feller. So does Fibber McGee. Look, sneers the first fella, I says makes, not
5: takes. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Nothing personal, Johnny, but if the shoe fits, it pinches a little, don't it?
2: Well, 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 this is an unexpected pleasure. How are you, Molly? Hello, Fibber.
1: Well, McGee just wanted to come in and say goodbye, Mr. Wilcox.
2: Goodbye? Where's he going?
1: To the Army. He's just been drafted.
2: Oh, Oh, he has, eh?
4: (laughs) Well, that's great, Fibber. That's fine. Oh, so you don't believe me either, eh? Well, look at this notice, smart guy. Look at that. <laughs>
2: See? Why say? <laughs> this certainly looks legitimate, doesn't it? It would have fooled me for a while, too. <laughs> Where'd you get it? I'd like to have some to ascend a few of my friends. Cut it friends. out, Wilcox. This is legitimate. I got it in the mail this morning. That's
1: right, Mr. Wilcox. I'm practically convinced myself now.
2: Sure, sure. <laughs> Nothing like the good old selective service is what I always say. Ah, uh, sir. Yes, sir. Like the Johnson wax products. Just select the service you want and we can fill the bill. Uh. Johnson's wax for floors and furniture. Johnson's glow coat for linoleum. Johnson's car new for automobiles. Johnson's shine up for silverware. Johnson's... Look, Carlo, this is the a level. If our defense program say that would make a swell Johnson ad. The Johnson Defense Program. Oh my. Protect your floors and furniture against those filth columnists dust and dirt <laughs> with Johnson's wax because. Oh.
1: <laughs> Please, Mr. Wilcox, can't you see he's serious?
4: Is he really? I never been more seriouser in my life, Wilcox. Wait till you see me
2: in that old olive drab and Ah, uh, then... why should olive be drab? Why doesn't Olive use Johnson's wax on her woodwork and whistle while she
5: works?
2: Come on, Molly. Let's... Well, so long, soldier.
5: <laughs> <laughs> well,
6: there, chums. Glad to see you. <laughs> have a chair, Mrs. McGee. I'm sorry to butt in on
4: your during business hours, Gilly old man, but I wanted to drop in and say goodbye. Well, uh, goodbye. Goodbye.
5: Goodbye. I'm,
4: uh, hey, don't you even want to
1: know where I'm going? He's on his way to camp at five o'clock tomorrow morning, Mr. Gildersleeve. Really?
6: Why didn't you tell me, McGee? Well, I'd like to have gone with you. By George. I haven't been camping since I... Was I ain't board. going camping. <laughs> I'm in the army. I've been drafted.
5: Oh.
6: <laughs> Is that so? <laughs> My goodness, the country must be worse off than I'd realized, McGee. <laughs> uh, what are you going to be, McGee? A drummer boy? <laughs>
1: I guess you'll have to show him the thing with the
4: stuff, McGee.
6: Yeah. Look, Gildy, if you don't believe me, take a gander at that. What's this? That's the greeting. Yep. <laughs> the President of the United States, DeFibber McGee. Greedy. Yes, sir. <clears throat> having submitted yourself to the local board for the purpose, say, this certainly looks like the real thing, doesn't it, McGee? <laughs> Rudd,
4: what's the matter with everybody?
6: That is the real thing, Gildersleeve. We
1: got it in the mail this morning.
6: Oh, come, come, McGee. Don't give me that. Huh? Why should they call a pudgy little twerp like you for service? <laughs> Who's a pudgy little twerp? You are.
1: He is not. I am, too. You are not. And who is?
6: I am, and you can't call me a pudgy little twerp and get away with it. <laughs> By George, I'll throw you out of my office so quick, you meet yourself coming in.
5: <laughs> Careful. Careful there. That's treason.
4: I'm in the army now, and if you so much as breathe down my neck, I'll have you court-slapped.
5: <laughs>
6: court You in
5: the army. Eh?
6: I'll bet you think anti-aircraft is Uncle Sam's wife. <laughs> I guess you ain't been informed, Gildersleeve,
4: that I was a pretty important guy in the United States Army at one time.
6: Is that so?
5: Yeah.
4: That, that's so. <laughs> Why, when I was in the signal corps, I had charge of all the carrier pigeons in the Army. Pigeons? I rode a motorcycle and towed my pigeons behind me in a little trailer. Uh, pigeon told McGee I was... Uh, in Pigeon Toad McGee, the proud possessor of personal praise from Pershing and Patan for my practical and painstaking projects and placing my pigeons in the precise places to pedal precious plants to the proper people. The personification of persuasion and the prince of personality perennially annually plugging for peace without strife, but the rest of them peas are old off my knife. <laughs>
2: singing Genevieve, Sweet Genevieve. Oh,
5: Genevieve, sweet Genevieve, the days may come.
4: Yeah. Don't be long now. Oh, I don't feel a nice. Company! Oh! Oh, okay. Boy, there sure is a flock of guys leaving for camp, ain't there, Molly?
1: Oh, and a fine-looking group of boys, too.
4: <laughs> ain't we, though?
1: I didn't mean you, dearie. Frankly, you don't quite seem to fit into a crowd like this.
4: I know, but they'll improve when I start quipping them into shape. Hey, I'd better check in with my commanding officer and then come back and kiss you goodbye.
1: Oh, McGee, I... Well, it's all so unreal. This has all happened so fast, you know. Yeah,
4: I... I know. That's what proves I'm still youthful, Molly. The way I adjust myself so quick to new stuff. Yeah. Hey, wait a minute. That must be the officer in charge now. Hey, Colonel. Yes? Are uh, you in charge of these men, Bud? I mean, uh, sir? Part of them, sir? I mean, Bud.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Why? Is your son going with them? <laughs>
1: No, he's gone himself.
2: Oh, I'm sorry, but we can't allow that. Only conscripted men will be permitted to board the train, madam.
4: Oh, but I am so conscripted. I've... <laughs> Shucks, I've been drafted too, Colonel. Oh, is that so? <laughs> That's <is. laughs> you better get the old boy out of the way, Mother. He's liable to get trampled.
1: <laughs> hey, don't you mother me, you big logan. I'll have you know hey, that...
4: Hey, Molly. It's... Ixnay on the upstay. Lay off. That guy's most likely be my boss for the next year
2: or so. Go easy. Now, look here. I'm no. sorry, mister. I'm very busy right now. I'll have to ask you to stand aside till the train pulls out. All right, boys, line up. Bag and beside the track. you, Anderson,
4: take ten
1: men. Now, what do you do, Sergeant York? <laughs> <laughs> do you stow away on the train?
4: Don't worry. I'll get in there, all right. Hey, fellas, make a little space for me in there, will
2: you? I'm supposed uh, to be the i I'll let Uncle Joe in, fellas. He may be somebody's brother. This is the army, mister. <laughs> I'll take three pencils and a pair of shoelaces, Doc. <laughs> <laughs>
4: Pipe down there, you baby-faced bundles from Barber College. And you, number three, button your coat. Pull in your g- stomach. Hold your chin up. Ah, horse feathers. Who said that? Your Who's oh, your hoodie. Don't tell her, boys. She may be a spy. Yeah.
5: <laughs> she looks like not a hurry. What's, What's the, the matter, matter with Harry? Harry? She's all right. Hey! All right,
4: all right, all right. But wait till I get you guys in camp. I'll drill you punks Who'll drill who? Huh? Oh, hi, Colonel. (laughs) Hey, these guys won't make room for me in that line
2: there. Now, look, my good man, you mustn't be a nuisance, you know. If you have a son or a nephew in this crowd, you'll be permitted...
4: Oh, he hasn't got a son. I am a nephew. I mean... Now, look, Colonel, I belong in this bunch. I'm a soldier, too.
2: You don't say. you must tell me about Bull Run sometime. (laughs) Now, if you'll just get out of the way, folks... Now, wait a minute,
4: Sy. I'm one of this bunch of drafted guys, see? And here's my notice to prove it. What are you talking about? Let me see that paper. There. Oh. Ah. Well, Colonel? Are you Fibber McGee? You betcha, bud. And if you want any help in whipping the rest of these cubs into line, I'll be glad... When did to... you get this draft notice?
1: Just yesterday morning, Colonel Bud. <laughs> <laughs>
4: uh, I can't believe it. It's amazing. <laughs> That's what everybody says, Colonel? It just goes to show that if a guy is really sincere in offering his services to his country... Private McGee, why are you late?
1: What do you mean he's here on time, isn't he? No,
4: he's late. What do you mean late? That paper says to be at the station at 5 a.m. on March the 18th. Yes, but it's 1941 now, and this notice is dated March 1918. I'm <laughs> <laughs> in the wrong.
2: Molly, we'll be back in just a moment. Do you remember the fairy story in which the little brownies came in every night and did the good cobblers work for him? Well, now, I don't really believe in fairy stories and gnomes anymore. But, you know, there's just a touch of that brownie business in the way Johnson's glow coat keeps your linoleum floors sparkling and clean. It's true, you yourself apply the glow coat to the floor... But when your back is turned and you go on about your other work, Glow Coat dries to a beautiful, long-lasting polish all by itself, almost like the brownie magic. Glowcoat takes no rubbing or buffing at all. You simply apply and let dry. And the gleaming Glow Coat polish makes your kitchen cheerful because it keeps the linoleum colors looking like new. It saves you work all year because spilled things are quickly wiped up with a damp cloth. And glow coat makes your linoleum last longer, too, by protecting it against scratches and wear. If you don't already use Johnson's self-polishing glow coat on your floors, try some this week. Dead rat to
4: dead rat luck. If I don't have oh,
1: now listen, McGee, don't be downhearted.
4: Oh, shucks.
1: You certainly tried to join up.
4: Yes, and I'm going to try again too. I'm going to take a train down to camp and crash my way in. Oh no, you'd never get past
1: the guards, dearie.
4: Oh, oh, I guess I wouldn't. Hey, that reminds me. You know what? No, what? We're lucky to be living in a country where they have guards around the camps to keep people out. Good night.
1: (laughs) Good night, all.
2: This is Harlow Wilcox, speaking for the makers of Johnson's Wax and Johnson's self-polishing glow coat, inviting you to be with us again next Tuesday night. Good night.
3: Hello, Mary. Want a ride? Well, to tell you the truth, George, I've got a new dress on. Do you mind if I walk?
2: Uh Uh-oh, that's bad for romance. Nobody likes to ride in a dingy-looking car. And shucks, why should they when it's so easy now to wax polish your car with Johnson's Car New? In fact, Carnew both cleans and wax polishes in one operation in half the time it used to take. The cost is low, too. So why not wax polish your car with Johnson's Car New, spelled C-A-R-N-U. This is the National Broadcasting Company.